Thank you all for the offering and, and the love that you show in your prayers. Continue to do that. Continue to stand up to the devil. Continue to keep him off guard. Continue to pray for one another. Continue to fill out your prayer requests and come join us tonight and pray. Because, folks, there's an enemy out there that he wants to tear us down. He don't win. He don't win, but it's up to us on how we walk through this life. We can walk through it down here, or we can walk through it up here. It's our choice. And that's why I'm going to continue what I started last week. Remember, I asked you, who's controlling you? It's a good question, isn't it? Ephesians tells us that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and the powers of darkness of this world. Powers and principalities and powers. Ooh. The enemy has some power. And in our flesh, we will not beat him. As I told you last week, it's one thing to say, you know, we, we, gotta, we talk about being spirit-filled, and I'm not trying to take away from anything, but I asked you the question last week, I'm going to go along with it again this week, is who's controlling you, or does the Holy Ghost have you? That's the question. You can read the word. The devil knows the word. We can witness to somebody, and that's good. That's great because the power of God is in his word. It's in the blood of Jesus. But without the power of the Spirit, chances are we won't witness. Chances are we won't do the things that the Bible's teaching us to do because we can't in our flesh. Meaning you're saved, but is the spirit running your life? Is he the one that's calling the shots? So who is controlling you? That's the question. I can't answer it. Pastor Murphy can't answer it. There's no man walking the face of this earth can answer that question for you. Only you can. And I believe that the Lord's given this to me to give to you so that you and him can work this thing out however it might be. Amen? So does the Holy Spirit have you is the question. We talked last week about that's the only way that the gospel started out from whenever Jesus ascended upon high. Ten days later, which next, is it next week? Next week is Pentecost Sunday. No, yes. No, it'll be two weeks. Sorry about that. Next week's Mother's Day. Ain't it? Don't forget, guys and children, Mother's Day coming up. But... He told them to go and to wait until they were endued with power from on high. These guys had walked with Jesus. They had talked with Jesus. They had done things in his name when he sent them. But after he was crucified, they ran and scattered. They went back to work fishing. They did all these things. And then he says, go to Jerusalem. Where is Jerusalem? That's the place where they tried him. That's where he was crucified. That's where it all came down. And he says, go there. And you wait. Tarry. Wait. Because you can't do anything until you get this power. He said, it's good for you that I go away so that the Father can send the Helper. And so we need him to deny that. And there are um, doctrines out there that like to deny that. We're not going to deny that. Because it's in the Bible and we can't change the Word of God. Now, we're... 
Well, I've told you before, and, and take this home with you and take this for the rest of your days where the Bible is silent, you be silent. Because we can't go expound, and that's why we have the things we have going on in the world today, because somebody's plugged a little something in to try to make it fit, and then you had, really it's not a truth, right? So therefore you would have a false doctrine. We don't want to follow a false doctrine. We want to follow what the Bible says. There might be some things we don't understand, and that's okay because he will teach us all things. I don't need anybody else to teach me all things. You don't need anybody else to teach you all things. He will do it because when he does it, he'll do it right. He'll show us what's in the word. He'll open it up to us. As we mature, there's more we can learn. If we don't mature, we don't learn much. That's like, you know, somebody that spends all their life in the fourth grade. They don't mature. They can't grow past what they don't know. And he can't take us there. That's why when Paul said, you know, when I was a child, I thought as a child, spoke as a child. When I got older, I was a little older and I did things better. That's what he's talking about. So it is a growth in our, in our, in our walk with the Lord. So the question remains for you is, does the Holy Spirit have you? That is your question. They can't nobody throw rocks at you. That's your walk and that's your business with the Lord. But you need to ask yourself, I can be a whole lot more effective for the kingdom if he does have me. I can do a lot more because, you see, when he's got you, you step out of the comfort zone. I'm going to get ahead of myself here, but whenever he's got us, we do things that we normally wouldn't do with him working through us. So we know that it's a separate act because we know that Simon the sorcerer, he was saved. Remember, Philip went and preached and they were saved. And then the guys, John and, and, and Peter and John, they came down from Jerusalem and, and they laid hands on these people and they received the Holy Ghost. We know that's something separate. Now, there are folks that says, oh, well, all that ended with the apostles. No, that's not so because we might get there today. I don't know how long we're going to go with this. I'm just loving learning it, and, and hopefully I can get it across the way that it came in to me. Yeah, I really do, because something happened with Philip, and they said, well, you got bitterness and you got sin. You got these things that's going on in your life, and you think you can buy this. Well, you can't buy it. You can't buy this power. So he was saved, but the Spirit didn't have him. Does that make sense? Not at that time, and the Bible does not expound beyond that. Therefore, we can't go past that. Otherwise, we start making up things and trying to get agendas work. We can't do that because if the Bible's silent, we need to be silent. Some things are just a mystery for us. So let's go to Luke 24:49, where we started off last week. I'm going to hit several scriptures, I think, this morning. By the way, while Philip was there, Paul was probably in Samaria. Now, I gave you a probably because it rolls right out of when Stephen was, was murdered for his faith and for standing up. And it says in the very start of chapter 8 that Saul was there and they, these people, they went to Samaria. They went to all these there. Well, he went to Samaria. Probably, maybe, I don't know, might have witnessed, but we ought to be silent on that. We can't read that into it. However, we do know that in, verse, in Acts 19, he did the same thing by the Holy Spirit leading him 
he went to these people and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So, that's a question for you to ask yourself, is he calling the shots in your life? Have you received him? You see, having the Holy Spirit benefits you personally. That's your personal thing. But when he has you, it benefits everybody. Because he works through you. That's what you need to pay attention to. Because he has something he wants done. As being up here and preaching this morning, that's something the Lord has wanted to do. I have asked him this morning at 8.30 up until everybody started coming in, set me down if I don't do it right, Jesus, because I still believe he has that power. Amen? Because I don't want to give you something that ain't going to help you. I don't want to talk it. I don't want to scream it. I want you to receive what he wants. I want you to receive what's going to do you some good. It's going to help you to grow, get closer to the Lord, and get do more work for the kingdom because everything else doesn't matter. It's about the work for the kingdom. Amen? Everything. So he says, behold. Remember I told you. When he says, behold, pay attention. The Lord's basically doing that, saying, pay attention. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Being in a Pentecostal church, we put a lot of emphasis on, a lot of mainly emphasis that you hear a lot of is speaking in tongues. I want to go somewhere different this morning. I'm not trying to take away. I need you to understand that before we go any further. I'm not trying to take away, but we need to have him ruling us. And you're going to understand maybe when I get through here in a little bit what I'm trying to get at. But until you are endued with power from on high. You see that word endued, and I'll get into it a little more later, but it basically means that we are clothed with power. It's like putting on something. And when you get clothed with this power, there'll be some supernatural things starting to happen. Now don't let me lose you on the supernatural. You see, if you don't normally go around and tell people about Jesus Christ, and yet the Spirit says do it, it might be teaching in Sunday school. I don't know. It might be stepping up and, and the Lord's called you to preach. I don't know. And it might be to talk to your neighbor or your cousin Bob. But if you don't normally do those kinds of things, you can't do it unless you are clothed with this power. Now, isn't that supernatural for you? You ask anybody 25 years ago, if I'd be standing in a pulpit preaching about Jesus, everybody would have said, well, that'll be the day. That in and of itself is supernatural. That is how it happens. That's how it works. And so you have this supernatural power that will take you beyond what is natural to you for the kingdom. Does that make sense? Okay. It gets you out of your comfort zone, so to speak. You see, this supernatural power gives you this boldness to be able to, to, to share Jesus. Gives you the boldness to give somebody a truth that maybe they don't want to hear and you really don't want to give it, but the Lord says it's got to be done. 
That's the boldness. That's supernatural. That's out of the comfort zone. That's uh, whenever you might start doing something you don't normally do, like you do interceding prayer for somebody. Lord wakes you up at night, or maybe they told you, you know, I've got this problem in my back. They've just told you, and you don't normally do a lot of praying, but now all of a sudden there's an unction within you that says pray for them. You might wake up tonight at 2 o'clock in the morning with them on your heart, and you start praying. That is when the Spirit has you. I'm not, now like I said, I'm not trying to take away from anything, but this is proof positive of what we have. That's how we know. That's where the work gets done. And so that supernatural thing, when you go out of the comfort zone, is how we know that we've been endued with power from on high. From on high. You see, you've got to distinguish that it's from on high because there are other powers that can rule you too. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've been there. Yes, I have. Not afraid to admit it. I'm not ashamed to admit it. It is what it is. But Jesus Christ came someday and says, we're going to clean that up. And thank God he did. Give you a different kind of power. And so you will receive a, a prayer language. Now they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance is how they spoke. What that means is they spoke what they heard. You see, being in a Pentecostal circle, we hear people speak in tongues a lot because they've heard that before, and they're, they, you know, it's, it's a part of their being. But sometimes we get to where we stop listening to the Lord. What about somebody being able to interpret that message? You speak in tongues this morning, or I speak in tongues this morning, and it might be something for one of you here. And if somebody doesn't stand up and give us what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, it gets lost. What did it do? It did nothing. Not what it was intended to do. So he's talking about being able to speak as the Spirit gives you utterance. You hear it before you speak it. John 16 and 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. All truth he will guide us in. For he will not speak of his own authority. Wow. So it's not something that comes just out of me. This is what he does. He will speak not of his own authority. But whenever he, whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. This is Jesus talking. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. You see, it's a heavenly language that he hears. He's hearing something coming from heaven. Maybe that's what you're getting this morning. I heard something coming from heaven and now it's being given to you. It comes from the Spirit. If it's, How do you know? Well, if it lines up with the Word, then we know. Because the devil ain't going to make God look good. The devil ain't going to testify of who Jesus Christ is. Because the Spirit, that's all he will do. He will tell about Jesus. Amen? Are you with me? I'm getting some hard looks. Is this deep or what? Or... So we'll have this prayer language, but... Did you ever think maybe your prayer language was English? Now you might be in Guatemala somewhere six months from now and your prayer language might change because it's for somebody else. 
You understand what I'm talking about this morning? When you pray like you've never prayed before, an intercessory prayer, a hard prayer, is it really going to matter if it's in English or German or Russian? Is it really going to matter? No, you're talking to God as the Spirit is leading you, as He's leading you. Amen? Not trying to take away from anything. I need you to understand that, but it's all about Him telling us. Whatever language He wants to use, it's all about Him leading us. It's about the Spirit leading us. When you pray like you've never prayed before, intercessory prayer, hard prayer, you get down to business, not one of them two seconds, you know, God remember Danny. No, you get down because you don't know what's going on, but the Lord said you need to be praying for him. Why? Because there's another power at work. And we need to get down to business. Maybe it's some fasting and praying. Didn't he tell the disciples that? Some things you've got to fast and pray. So he gave us how it needed to be done. He let us know there are different levels of things we're going to face from those other powers. And so he, he lays it out for us. You see, what you hear is what you speak. And the Spirit only hears what Jesus says. He will only do what he's telling us. So I want to propose to you this morning from another side, okay? Not taken away. You need to understand that from another side. It might not be about that we need to tune our tongues up. It might need to be that we need to tune our ears up. Amen? Because somebody needs to hear what God has to give. If we don't do it otherwise, nothing happens. Nothing happens for that person. You will receive a new boldness in Acts 4 and 29. So now look on the threat. Now, now, now Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal, whose hand? The Lord's hand. They're praying. By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place that they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Every time I get up here, I'm intimidated, shaking in my shoes. That's why I come in and I pray. Two reasons. I'm scared to death, for one, of just getting up, I'm scared to death of the repercussions afterwards. All those things come in. I'm telling you the truth. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It has to be that the Spirit of God says do it. And I want to do what He says to do. It might not go over well. It may not fit within the norm of things. But we got to do what He says to do. And so that nervousness hits. Or if you go to try to witness to somebody that's in your family or a friend that the Lord has opened that door, or maybe even a stranger, some, you get nervous. Out of your normal, the supernatural happens, you start talking about Jesus. You understand? Because normally, you wouldn't do it. Am I, am I reaching anybody this morning? Have you ever been told, have you ever been told by the Lord, share this with them, give this, and you didn't? Why? Because you're scared to death. You're scared of what it was going to do with the relationship. You didn't know what they was going to say to you or think about you, and therefore, they never got to hear the gospel. Don't feel bad because everybody sitting in here has probably walked on that road. Pastor Murphy, you ever walked on that road as a preacher? You sure have. And if you keep on living and keep on witnessing, you're probably going to have some more days that that truth ain't going to be easy to come out because we, we worry about what's going to happen. 
And so that's what he's talking about. We're going to get a supernatural speech. This boldness that we have. Matthew 10 and 19, but when they were delivered, when they delivered you up, do not worry about what, how or what you should speak. For it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. We can talk a lot, and every and people do talk a lot, but if it turns out right, it has to be the Spirit that speaks. So don't worry about it. They're going to bring you up before councils, they're going to put you on trial. Don't sit and start worrying about what I'm going to do in a Bible study. What am I going to say? If you've been diligent about putting it in, he will bring it out. But here's the thing. You've got to put it in or he can't bring it out. You don't know then if it is of him or of another power. Does that make sense? So we've got to be putting it in and continually putting it in, and then we don't worry about it. I put a quote out this week that, that Stonewall Jackson said, and I'm going to ad lib it because I didn't write it down. This just came in. But The captain asked him, said, how are you so stern in the battle? And he said, well, captain, I don't concern myself with these things, for God has already appointed the time that I'm going to pass. Therefore, I don't concern myself with these things. And by doing this, he says, I'm just, as, I'm just as comfortable in bed as I am on the battlefield because of this. And therefore, if all men will be this way, then we will be equally brave in battle because we don't worry about the things we have no control over. Isn't that strong? Isn't that powerful? That was a, that was a guy who'd been reading his Bible. Now, that wasn't out of the Bible, but that precept is certainly out of the Bible. So we don't worry. And I just read it right here. Don't worry about what you got to say. Don't worry about those that are trying to tear you down and hurt you because he's in control. He either is or he ain't. Am I right? And whenever we know that, then we know that we can trust him and then we can trust his spirit. Does the Holy Spirit have you? In Matthew 10 and 20, for it is not us who speaks, but the spirit of the Father who speaks in you. That's who's doing the speaking. You see, every spirit-filled person needs to be telling somebody about Jesus. Amen? It's a good time to say amen because it's true. Every spirit-filled believer needs to be telling somebody about Jesus. Somebody needs to hear about Jesus. I'm getting sick and tired of hearing it's not my personality or that's just not kosher today. Let me tell you something. The world might be changing, but God has never changed. If it meant for you to stand up on the corner in Bedford and proclaim the gospel, you stand up and you do it. We don't hear that stuff like that anymore. What changed? People changed. We should be proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody. Spirit-filled people, we should be doing it. Oh, we don't have spirit-filled services anymore. When's the last time the Spirit led you to the place that you will stand out and do what God says? What do we need to push us? You need a good emotion to lift you up? Do you need something like that? Or will the Holy Spirit lead you? Because that's what it takes. That's how the work gets done. And so we should be 
Sharon, well, I, I do, that's just not my personality. I got news for you, folks. When it comes down to my wife and my children, I'm going to go in, and they may not feel comfortable with it, but they do now. Or you might not feel comfortable with it, but if i got to go into their bedroom, I'm going to lay hands on, not because I have power, but because I know the one who has the power, and I'm going to follow his leading. And I'm going to get on the devil's back, and I'm going to tell him you have no right to my family. That's what we do. I don't care if it is not your personality. We got too much of, of, what did Oprah say? We got too much, what did Sigmund Freud say? And I use that word loosely, that's not really his name. We got way too much of that kind of stuff going on today and not enough of the spirit leading. Because when the Spirit's leading, work gets done for the kingdom. When the Spirit's leading, those demons and those strongholds are going to come down. Why? Because you've been endued with power. You understand? You and I have the chance to have that same kind of power every single day. Getting filled over and over. Read in the book of Acts. They got filled over and over again. They got filled over and over again. They needed that power that was coming from on high. You might be intimidated, but when the Spirit's there, intimidation goes out the door. You'll have a supernatural power of speech. Oh. You see, we get excited about ball games. We get excited about races. We get excited about all kinds of things. We get excited about proms and dressing up and looking good and riding this and riding. We get all this excitement going on. But when is the church going to start getting excited about Jesus again? You need me to pump you up? Because it can't happen. I can take you somewhere else, but it won't be the real thing. It's a good time for you to get pumped up for Jesus right now. Give him some glory. You get, this is your opportunity to give God some glory. And it's easy to do in the room of people that we have, but it's not so easy to do other places. It's easy to go around the corner and talk to other stuff. It's easy to go over here, but let me tell you something. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. That's another power, and he ain't the Holy Ghost. He don't do that junk. Call it what you want, but read your Bible and tell somebody so they can pray you through it. Because that ain't him that does that kind of stuff. Have a good reading. He said you'd be endued with, with power from on high. What does that word endued mean? It seems, means to put on or to be clothed. I got a coat on right now. I put it on this morning. I'm clothed with this jacket. uniform of authority it's the jacket of power now this jacket ain't got nothing to do with it you get it to the dry cleaner let me give you a good example Caitlin would you stand up for me please now she's a little girl she said thank you everybody got to see you but do you realize in a few years she could get a job someday and that clothing that she wears will represent power? She could be a cop someday. And that robe, that clothing that she wears, she can stop traffic. She can take people to jail because they broke the law. She has the authority to hit the lights and pull them over if they've been speeding and write the ticket whether they like it or not 
She get, has the power to do that. Why? Because of that authority that's been given to her by our government, by the state of Virginia, by the county of Bedford, wherever it might be. It's that badge that has that power. And it's the same thing as putting on that kind of power. When the judge comes in and he's got the black robe on, Everybody stand. You want to defy that, you'll sit in jail. I trust me on that one. When they say, all rise, you better rise. And you better not speak out of turn because he'll give you one warning and then that's it. He'll find you in contempt and you get to sit in jail until your pride and all your badness has to leak out. And you come back in and apologize to him. Then he's going to have you back in his courtroom again and you get the chance to show that you've been rehabilitated. Am I right on that, Brother Berkeley? You don't act right up in a courtroom the guy with the robe's got the power. You might not like it, and you might do like a lot of people will do and run over here and run your mouth about it, but you will not stand in front of that bench and do it. You might do it once, you might do it twice, but eventually you learn your lesson. So one of the crimes you can do that they can sentence you over and over and over and over again. You could spend life in prison if you were so stubborn. one day at a time. Whoa. But that power comes based on what they've been put on. You see, it's dunamis is the word for that power. It's dynamite. It's a wire jacket, so to speak. You see, you walk in with that kind of power that the Lord has given you and the principalities, they don't stand a chance anymore. You know what I'm talking about? You've seen the little cartoons of the, the, you know, the angel on this shoulder and the devil on this shoulder and one's telling you, you, go do this. And the other's like, no, you better not. There's trouble there. Can you tell which one is which? The one that's better not, there's trouble there. That's the angel. Go do this. Don't, you, don't do that. And you sit there and the struggle goes on in the mind. But whenever you get endued with power, when you get the cloak on, when you get the robe of the king on, whenever the Holy Ghost comes on you, you've got an angel sitting there leading you and guiding you and you don't worry about it. And that little demon standing back over there going, don't listen to him. He has no power. Does that make the picture plain for you? We put on this cloak, this power. And we exercise it only by what the Spirit leads us to. Only what He leads us to. Another term is called baptized in the Spirit. Acts 1 and 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Did you hear that? There's another baptism that comes about. That's what the Bible says. The Calvinists tell us that that went away with the apostles. Not so. No, nope, we'll get there, maybe. Not so. Luke 3, 16, John answered, saying to all, Indeed, I, needed, I, I indeed baptized you with water, but one mightier than I has come, in whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. There's something else that can happen. We don't have to walk around with them demons on our shoulders no, we can get up and put on the cloak of power every morning, Brother Gene, and we can take authority over those demons. They don't get to call the shots anymore. We get to take the Word of God if it's been put in us and the Spirit lets it come out and the Word of God will put the demons on their heels. The Word of God will put the demons where they belong. The Word of God will not let them come against you because the Bible tells us that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. 
and the devil wants them to prosper. We don't have to walk around in fear anymore. I don't walk around in fear anymore. I have all kinds of things. I ain't worried about it. Jesus is on the throne. He's got this. And at some point, we got to remember, he's got this. And we need to act like he's got this. Maybe some of the things we hear, we need to be going and doing some of that interceding power for. Letting God do his work, what he's going to do, and let that power come in and change a life. Baptized in the Spirit. Comes from the word baptizo. It means to immerse or to submerge. It's to dip into for the purpose of dyeing a garment. You are dyed a new color. Or the Holy Ghost has changed your color. Changed what you look like. The baptism of the Holy Spirit changes us all into one color. Ephesians, y'all repeat this with me. There is one body and one spirit and you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. There's only one. He is the one that brings us this power. We are baptized in Him. You see, there ain't no such thing as a black church. There ain't no such thing as a white church. There ain't no such thing as a Latino church. There ain't no such thing as a Korean church or a Chinese church. There is the church. One church that is unified with Christ in the middle of it with one spirit leading them on all the way to glory. To win souls. To help people to grow. You see, the people that take a scripture and they like to use it to say that we're not supposed to be unequally yoked, those are people who are not spirit-filled. They know the word, but the Holy Ghost didn't lead them. And you know why? Because he will not fight against himself. Now, we might go together because of cultural things. We might do it because of language. Now, they might be a Spanish church somewhere because they can't speak English. But it's not because that they just want to have their own little thing. Neither should it be for us. Amen? I might not get no amens on it, but it's true. He will not fight against himself. You see, there's unity where Christ is. In Acts 1 and 18, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, Jesus was baptized, right? And what happened? The Holy Spirit came and lighted on him like a dove. Lighted on him like a dove. tried to figure out how to explain this. You say, well, I've got him, but then he can be on me. He's in me, but then he can be on me. If, if Brother Murphy is sitting over at Mowing Yard one day, now nah, he can't use that analogy because he can't catch it. That thing moves on. <laughs> he might be over in his garden one day. And all of a sudden, he gets me on his mind. For whatever reason it may be, the Lord's put it there. I'm in his heart. Maybe he starts praying for me. 
But at the same time, I might be with Mr. Hensley's and the Spirit says, well, just go over and see Wayne. So I'll walk across the hill and I walk up behind him. He don't know I'm there and I can put my hand on his shoulder. Now I'm in his heart and I'm on him all at the same time. Does that make sense? See, God can be behind you pushing and he can be in you leading and he can be in front of you pulling you at the same time directing. Does he understand what that means? Did that help? Thank you, Jesus. Somebody can, have you ever had somebody in your heart and you get to pray for them? And think, you're just thinking about all of a sudden the phone rings, it's them. You ever had that kind of connection? I mean, the world likes to call it other things, but sometimes that happens with spirit-filled people. That happens with us. It should be happening a whole lot. We need to be lifting one another up, but you see, he can, he can be there and he can come up on us at the same time. And then in Acts 2 and 17 it says, It shall come to pass in the last days that it says, God, that I will pour out my spirit. What is that all about? You see, we can, we can be at the place to where we're so worn out doing church work, which is different than God's work. Can I get an amen on that one? There's stuff that needs done. The yard's got to be mowed. Dust has got to be got up. The stink bugs have got to be got up. We got to go there. We got to go there. We got to do this. We got to do that. But then there's God's work. You can get wore out, and sometimes we need to go ahead and change over and let something else be happening and let the Lord do his work through us. See, being poured out gives you the idea of water, right? Okay? So if water's being poured out, you got a dam sitting right over here just down the road. People over there wanting to fish today and getting wet in the rain. You remember the old grist mills? Built them on a river, just a river. Don't have to be something huge. And the power of that water turns that mill, which will grind up the stuff that you need and make your flour and your meal. The power came from the water that was flowing. You go over here to the lake, and they shut the water off, and then they open it up, and when it goes in, it starts turning these turbines, and it makes electricity. And that electricity sends power all these places, all these homes. We got power this morning because the turbine was doing some work. They let the water loose. They made power. They shut it down. And that power that's stored up gets used. And then they open it up and it gets used again. You see, he pours out his spirit. You got to keep getting filled up. You got to keep letting that, that water move. Sometimes we got to open up and just let that river flow through us. That's the difference in, well, I'm, I, I got the Holy Ghost because I'm saved. Yes, you are. You could not be unless he was the one that did the work. But does he have you? If he has you, he flows through. If he has you, he's doing all this work that needs to be done. Does he have you? The Spirit fell on them. It's the word epipetito, to embrace. The father fell upon the prodigal son. He embraced him. That's what he did. He embraced him. He hugged him. The Spirit fell on him. In Acts 10 and 44, And while Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word. He fell on them. He embraced them. Something was going on. They were saved. 
in, in Acts 11 and 15, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us in the beginning. So you see, it wasn't just for the apostles, as some like to talk about, because it fell on Cornelius and his people. You understand? The book of Acts is still ongoing because the church is still here. And the church is alive and well and it's doing fine. Now, it might hit some rocky spots and local congregations might hit some rocky spots. That don't mean the church of Jesus Christ is going to fall. All the work's going to get done. Why? Because he's in control. Will you let him lead you today? Will you let him use you today? And then they were filled with the Spirit. That embracing, you know, I wore this tie today, and I noticed, probably some of you notice all these coffee stains. I've had this tie for like a long time, but there's a picture of Jesus hugging a cross. So I had to wear it today, so I know it don't look right, but we're all friends and family, right? We still love each other. I wore a dirty tie. But it's all good because the main thing is the picture. Jesus is hugging. I love Jesus' hugs. Embracing hugs. I don't like them little old bitties. Come up on my side and, you know, drive by hugs. I like a, I like a hug. Don't you like a hug? And sometimes the Holy Spirit says, well, hug. I don't do that. That's why you've got to be filled with him so you can get out of the comfort zone and go into the supernatural. Because that ain't you. Amen? Amen. They were filled with the Spirit. That's the plethora. And it means to influence or to dominate. I'm almost done. Mark 1 and 1 12. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the second in the Godhead, is now having to be filled with the Spirit. And what happened? He got drove into the wilderness. He was under his influence or control. That's what that word seems to mean. Or to dominate someone. Acts 2 and 4, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He fell on them. He, he filled them. He fell on them and then he, he filled them. Acts 4 and 31, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in the Word of God with boldness. You see, they were under His influence. I know we got a lot of people in here from different denominations, and I'm trying to teach you this so that you don't have to walk over here. There's another place we can walk, and that's with power. And that power, I'm not against all the things we do. I'm not against speaking in tongues, but that power, if that's all that it is, that's so small. That's the difference in somebody going and helping somebody change their life. That's the difference in somebody laying hands on somebody who's sick and they receive healing. Why? Because the Spirit led them. That's the difference. That's the difference in the newlyweds' house back there. When y'all get married, you got to keep God in the center and the Holy Spirit's got to move. You know why? Because we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians 13 and love. You see, the only thing that remains, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Faith gets us to believe. Hope, well, what's hope do? Let's us know that, yeah, the word is true. We have the hope of tomorrow. We have the hope of heaven. We know we're getting there. And then love. But the greatest is love. Why? Because the love is what leads us. You can't hate somebody, not like somebody, not sit down and do it the way the Bible says to do it and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because he is love, love, love.
when we get to heaven, all you're going to need is love. Won't have to have no more faith because we're there. We won't be hoping for it anymore because we're there. But the greatest of these and will always be there is love. That's why we have the trials that we go through with one another sometimes. Because the Lord's trying to show us, I haven't got everything yet. I haven't got this piece of your heart yet for this person or that person. Because there's supposed to be some love coming in. And you can do whatever you want, but you've got to keep love. And you've got to keep him in the center. Otherwise, it's not the Holy Spirit. I hope you got this this morning. I don't know if there's more to come. I really don't know. I feel there is. I don't know. There's some things that we just can't do if we ain't under the influence. I mean, there's people that that places this weekend and they're under the influence of alcohol or drugs or whatever. You know, 10 feet tall and bulletproof. You do things that you normally wouldn't do when you got a little help. I hate to use that as an analogy, but you're 10 feet tall, you're bulletproof against all the powers of hell when the Holy Ghost is leading you. So the question is not, am I, are you spirit-filled? No. Does he have you? If you want to have that power this morning, I invite you to come forward. If you want to serve him stronger than what you have before, I invite you to come forward. Because that's what he wants to do. If we need to ask somebody for forgiveness, the only way we step out and do that, yeah, the Holy Spirit will tell us, but to get up and actually do the action, it takes something to do that, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what God wants to do, but I do know this. He wants to have every one of us. Not just the preacher. Everybody, the guy that was saved a week ago, the guy that's been saved for 50 years, he wants to have all of us. Amen? I want to invite you to come and have that walk with him today. Maybe there's somebody that you're going to be going to pray for tomorrow because God knows. He knows what the future holds. He knows. Maybe that's what it is. But you won't do it unless he's leading. Amen? So come forward if you would today. Just stand to your feet. Let this, let's pray. Let's pray and let the Lord lead us and guide us. You guys got some light piano music or something. I don't want any words, no banging, no beating. Just, just something light. If Dee was here, we'd get her to play, but she ain't. Just come and let him do his work. Amen. I need him every day. Every morning, I know that God knows every situation that is ahead for the rest of this day. And you better know, I've been asking him, Lord, help me to do what you want done today. Go to whoever, say whatever, avoid. It might be to avoid. But we have to be ready to let him lead us.